Welcome back to When Bad Things Happen to Good People, a podcast about censorship and the arts. My name is Todd Sullivan. With me, as always, is Orrin Barter. Hey. And with us, not as always, but because it's a special occasion, is Carlosia. Hey, everybody, I'm back. And since Carlosia is here, we, there's only one thing we could be talking about, and that's Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're talking about the Last Temptation of Christ. Yay. I don't know. I didn't count how many temptations he had in total. But it, it, this one was about the last one. Well, I mean, there were many throughout the film, but the <clears throat> the pivotal one was the last one. Right, right. Yeah. And I got to say, you know, like, Mel Gibson did a good job on this film. <laughs> uh, uh-oh, you may have watched the wrong film. <laughs> that didn't hit nearly as funny as the first time. No, we no. were... We were all much more liquored the first time you did that joke. That might have helped the delivery. And and we weren't expecting it. We weren't expecting it. I wasn't even forced. expecting it to was... say the joke the first time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Do you want to give it? Want to give it one more try? Sure. All right. You know what? Like I gotta say, Mel Gibson did a pretty goddamn good job with this film. Mwah, mwah, mwah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you watched the wrong movie. <laughs> Oh, God. I feel like I'm part of an 80s sitcom. <laughs> you guys just have your hands on your waist. You're like, you did it again. Yeah. <laughs> and then everything freeze frames in the, in the credits. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a saxophone, because there's always a saxophone. <laughs> uh, how's things going, Oren? Pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. Had a long weekend. I had the day off today, and I literally just spent all day in a buzz of self-doubt and hatred. So, sounds was, exciting. It was yeah, very exciting. Wow. Wait a second, yeah. day off. Yeah, because I've been feeling way too good about myself lately, and it was, yeah, it was really, really good to like you know, knock myself down a few pegs. Absolutely. <laughs> How about you? How are you guys? Uh, pretty well. I uh, I missed an audition that I was supposed to do yesterday, and I thought it was today, but that's my fault for putting it in my calendar wrong. Yeah, I just went to work. Nothing exciting here. Yeah. Uh, you have a beverage today, Oren. Um, I don't, I couldn't find, I remember the, I think it was like a couple of weeks ago, I had some 99 bananas, uh, which was like just really shitty Sambuca. Um, I didn't finish it and I thought I still had it, but I went to the freezer and it wasn't there. I was really sad. Um, so my girlfriend is actually just probably back now. Maybe she's just popping in now with a couple of beers that she ran and got for me because she's so sweet. Oh my lord, that's amazing. Uh, so I got an uh, Kieran Ichiban, um, and because she doesn't want me to get too drunk tonight, she got me an original organic lager from the Mill Street Brewery, which is only 4.2%. Uh, so I'm going to I'm gonna chug that one, because it's basically water. Um, and then- <laughs> Stay hydrated, yeah. <laughs> well, we're currently uh, sipping Carlo Brado from one of his uh, homebrew beers of some flavor or another. He's not sure. The initials were Can you AR... Not- can you and not tell I, when you drink it? Or have you not drank it? Like, no, it's, I forget what we even It's dark. Brewed. It's got kind of, a, kind of a coffee finish on it, so it's probably some kind of like a porter or something, I would guess. But it's a lot better than the first one that we had. Yeah. The first oh, okay. one had a lot of floaties in it. 
Well, this one, it could, this one could do. <laughs> yeah, I guess this one, so we haven't dark. really looked for the floaties. You can't so. tell if there's floaties or not is the thing, so. That's funny. <laughs> hey, we're here to talk about a movie. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about movies. We're talking about The Last Temptation of Christ because this is part of our uh, three-episode Easter crossover between when banned things happen to good people and half-cut conspiracies, which is where you will normally find Mr. Carlos Sia, our guest this week. Um... And we're talking about the Last Temptation of Christ because it is—it's uh, a—it's a churchy movie. It's a religious movie about the life and death and uh, survival and then ultimate death of Jesus. Uh, that was not very well received. Uh, so, so I, was it banned or was it just kind of not enjoyed? So, let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. Um, the Last Temptation of Christ is a 1988 film directed by Martin Scorsese, written by Paul Schrader. Um, it stars Bill Gibson, Defoe, Harvey Keitel, uh, Barbara Hershey, Harry Dean Stanton, David Bowie, and a bunch of other people. David Bowie? I didn't even notice Yeah, he, he was Pontius Pilate. Oh, okay. Shit. Um, now, Scorsese initially had this film ready to roll in 1983. Wow. And uh, some religious groups got wind of that, and they're like, nope we do not want you to make this movie. And so even before it was made, um, people were like trying to stop it. Wow. And they did. Um, they, um, an organization of Protestant women called the Evangelical Sisterhood distributed a newsletter calling all converts to write protest letters to Paramount's parent company, Gulf Western, in an attempt to sabotage the film's production. And ultimately, they succeeded as the corporation started receiving 500 letters a day. And as the budget for the movie started to increase, um, they were like, uh, as the budget's going up, and as we're getting more and more of these letters, we're like, no, we're not going to do it. So Scorsese went off and made a couple of smaller films to just sort of, you know, keep his, his, his eye sharp. And then Paramount came to him, I believe. No, that was Paramount there. Maybe it was Universal that came to him later. And said, let's go ahead with this. But they he only had a $7 million budget. And fucking penny pinches. Penny pinching. Hmm? Well, that's the thing. Like, they they absolutely were pinching pennies. Like, I, I read I an interview with him. How, like, how big is an average, like, was an average film in the 80s? How much did it cost? $7 million seems high, but... No. Do you have no, no it's not in eh? there like no. 20 million, 30 million. Even in the 80s? Holy shit. Yeah, even in the 80s, totally, yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, well, now you're looking at like action movies are in like the hundreds of millions. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think uh, Endgame was like 350 million or something. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Um and so yeah, he was talking about how like the the Roman guards at the end there were like, you know, Jesus has been arrested and it's supposed to be like guards surrounding the building or whatever. And they only had five guards. They just kept reusing the same five guards. And those five guards were also the same, like, five guys who were, like, mad uh, during this, uh, the money lender scene. And, like, they just kept reusing the same guys. He, he said they had, <laughs> they had they had 12 costumes and only five performers for them because <laughs> uh, they shit. just couldn't afford any more. Um, wow. And, in fact, um, like, for example, the shot of of Jesus when he's going up on the cross, the, the shot from, like, behind the crucifix oh as it's raised yeah that's a good shot yeah they well it is but they had no way of knowing if they got it because there was no way to see what the camera was catching um 
there. So it wasn't until that the, the film oh. got sent back to New York and processed by the editor that they even knew whether or not um, the, the shot had worked. Wow. And then another interesting thing I found was that the very, very final shot where he dies and it, the, the kind of the film goes to white. Mm, yeah. That's not an, a, an artistic choice. The camera fucking broke. Oh my god! <laughs> and uh, and that's what they had to work with. And I think I think a lot of like the way the colors bled in and stuff was probably the artistic choice to make it work better artistically. But that was what they had to work with. The the and they were only doing about at the most two to three takes because uh, they just had to go so fast. Um, wow. but it you know it came together I think pretty well. It's actually I really like this movie. I will say, but yeah. we'll get to the, our thoughts on it later. Um, now, once it came out, and it's worth noting actually as well that it is based on a book that was published in 1955 that also had a lot of pushback from religions. Um, it's been banned in places, and uh, that's so hard to trend- believe because they're usually just so easygoing, you know. The reli- churches live yeah. and let live, right? Totally. <laughs> I mean, that's what they're known for. I think. <laughs> Um, so if you're wondering, you know, how this film was received, um, someone lit a theater on fire in Paris that was screening this movie. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. A Catholic group set fire to the St. Michael cinema in Paris. Um, a little after midnight incendiary device ignited under a seat in the less supervised underground room where a different film was being shown. The incendiary device consisted of a charge of potassium chlorate triggered by a vial. I don't know. We don't, we don't need to tell people how to yeah. <laughs> uh, 13 people were injured, four of whom were severely burned. Oh, Jesus. Scorsese uh, received death threats um, and had to use bodyguards during public appearances for a few years. Um, and of course, uh, a Catholic nun, uh, Mother Angela Angelica, of Eternal World Television Network described The Last Temptation as the most blasphemous ridicule of the Eucharist that's ever been perpetrated in this world and a Holocaust movie that has the power to destroy souls eternally. Oh, shit. Um, We're going to hell. Guys. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, it was banned or censored in Greece, Turkey, Mexico, Chile, and Argentina. As of July 2010, the film contains uh, continues to be banned in the Philippines and Singapore. Um... In February 2020, Netflix revealed that the film, uh, the film to be one of the five titles that have been removed from the Singapore version of Netflix at the demand of the Singapore government's Infocom Media Development Authority. So yeah, it's been banned. It's it's it generated death threats. It generated arsons. Um, controversial film, to say the least. Mostly because of. Um, well, a lot of a lot of hatred was focused around the depiction of of Jesus going off and becoming a normal dude. Yeah, I was gonna say it kind of like goes against the the whole thing of Jesus being, um, <clears throat> excuse me, like from a higher power and uh, the savior that comes down to save you know all of humans from their sins. And then in this movie, you basically find out he's just a normal dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was like basically at the end. There's like the guy that's pumping up his story. He's like you know the the world's first grifter, pretty much. That's like <laughs> selling the the story of this you know Jesus who did some amazing things. But yeah, I I don't know. I thought this was more believable than the Bible. 
Oh, yeah. certainly. That's I mean, there was there were still some supernatural points in it as well. Like oh, yeah. I mean, this is definitely this like is that, a, a Jesus who has <laughs> and the heart scene. Uh, yeah, that was wild, <laughs> that's fucking man. weird. I don't remember that in the Bible. Apparently, <laughs> it is in some I don't know some versions or Maybe. some interpretations. It's the um, uh, uh, oh, I can't remember what it was described as, but yeah, apparently that's a thing. Um, I, I love the. Uh, the the water into wine moment at the party oh. that was so casual. <laughs> yeah. The guy's like, "Man, we're out of wine," and Jesus is like, "What's in those things over there?" And the guy's like, "Water." I just looked. He's like, "Oh, look again." <laughs> that was, again. Yeah, to me, that basically it was almost like he was like showing off his like magic skills. He's like, "Are you yeah. sure?" Yeah, see, I magic. <laughs> that was the opposite. It was oh, like, way really? less showy than like the, the tradition. Like, but then, look at all this water. Woo! I mean, it wasn't, like, showy in the sense of, like, he told everyone about it, but it was kind of, like, to this, you know, between this one guy and him, where he's, like, yeah, 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 I guess. Like, check out my skills. Because then that, like, cheesy grin that he did after. <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. raises the wine yeah. glass. He's like, cheers, yeah. buddy. You're welcome. Um, so we could probably talk about the, the, the narrative arc of this story like we often do when we cover a film. But I feel like this is a story that most people know at least somewhat well. Uh, we don't really need to get into the whole, you know, Jesus was born. Uh, yeah, he was born at a very young age. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he he um, built he apparently built crucifixes that killed other Jewish people. Um, yeah, that was a fun he was, fact that he I was didn't way know. way like he was way that's... closer to to Judas than I ever thought he was. Um, yeah, you know, there's was, there was a whole lot I... of there was a whole lot of bro kissing going on there. Yeah. Um, yeah, but what I want to say is I don't. I, I think I would rather talk about the sort of the differences between what we normally think of as the Christ story and what is done in this film, um, and really focus on those. Okay. Like, like you said, the the building crucifixes, because I don't think that has ever been. I feel like that's an invention of this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, so. I don't. But he was a carpenter, right? So mm-hmm. that that doesn't change <clears throat> that element. But I think creatively it it creates a really interesting arc for him as a character mm-hmm. um well so for this one like because right from the beginning uh, judas comes in like he's making his crosses there and then judas comes in and he's judas is kind of like the almost the good guy who's telling him like hey stop you know making these crosses because you're and i think his line is like you're a jew killing jews yeah. mm-hmm. um and so it's almost like Judas, who in the end of Jesus's life is the one who betrays him, is the one right at the beginning who's the good one who's trying to make him uh, be a better person and not create these, you know, death-killing crosses, right, or death-causing cos- crosses. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that was just an interesting twist from, um, from like the actual Bible of even when, from what I remember, um, when Judas was in his like the twelve disciples group he was never really the his go-to guy like there was um what was it i think like peter or like i don't know the four apostles are like kind of like the main ones aren't they that jesus yeah is like hanging peter out john and steve yeah exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and judas yeah. is kind of like from every story that i remember he's the one that you just remember as betraying jesus he's not the one who's his best friend throughout you know his adult life but in this movie it's like they're hanging out together and they're they're besties. Well, and I think their relationship is 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 one of my, my favorite parts of this movie, mm-hmm. um, where you have this guy who at the beginning, like Judas is like basically he's running around murdering Romans in the streets of Israel, trying to get them out of Israel, trying he's fighting for freedom for Israel. 
Meanwhile, um, Jesus is making <clears throat> Jesus is making the, the the crucifixes, and so uh, yeah, there's a great scene after uh, Judas visits Jesus where he's like out in the street and like attacks a guard and snaps his neck. Oh yeah, goes up on his way. <laughs> yeah, know, being good. Batman. And can we talk about um, the foreshadowing in that scene where Jesus is putting that cross together and he like stretches his arms across there? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's foreshadowing, but it's also, I think, you know, you got to test your work and make sure that, like, if you made it a little bit too short, it's like, oh man, back to the drawing board. <laughs> yeah, but what if it's just a what if it's just a smaller statured man going up there? Maybe. Right. Well, it seems like he knows that he is a messiah, but he doesn't want to be, so he wants to kill all the other messiahs. And that was another thing. Like, there wasn't there wasn't just him in this in this film who was speaking to to God, right? Like, there was other. There was that guy with that whole sex hippie commune thing. Oh, John the Baptist, yeah. Yeah, that, well, but there were, like, in the Bible, there are other people who would receive messages from God. Yeah, people were oh, chatting okay. with God all the time. And, yeah. But the messages they were receiving were like, there's going to be a Messiah coming, right? Like, there's going to be a oh, Savior okay. that God is going to send down who's going to save us all, so we all need to get ready for it kind of thing. Right. Um, whereas so Jesus let's go out to the getting... desert and just have a lot of random sex with people. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And talk well, sometimes to that works. the burning bushes and all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I enjoyed uh, the relationship between Jesus and Judas, especially when Judas comes to to kill him. Um, and Jesus is like, well, maybe you're actually here to fight <coughs> Ooh, and then Jesus, yeah. Judas is like, "All right, I'll follow you, but you do anything wrong, I'll fucking kill you." <laughs> <laughs> I got my eye on you. And I think it, 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 um, the importance of their friendship also works with the importance of of Judas as being um, the man who who betrays Jesus, right? Because it's at, it's at Jesus' kind of, request, right? Yeah, in the mm-hmm. film, it is. Um, yeah. and it, it makes. It makes a lot of sense to me. Like one of the things that always boggles my mind is that Judas is considered such a an evil character to, to Christians. Is that like if he hadn't betrayed Jesus, there wouldn't have been any salvation according to your story. So didn't he do what was kind of best for humanity? And why is he vilified for that? Mm. Yeah, you know. Well, and they they answered that perfectly in here. Yeah, because he's like, I don't want to do this, and Jesus is like, You have to because this is. If this doesn't happen, then, you know, I can't save everyone, basically. And so he does. Yeah, I, I always really like that portrayal and that, that take on the character. Um, that he was, uh, in this story, he was sort of Jesus' closest confidant, um, probably best friend. And uh, I think some might say lover. More, yeah, I was going to say, I think there's more to that story that they didn't show because the way he comes and, like, just kisses him before he betrays him. Yeah, there that was. I more think the kiss, maybe not on the mouth, but I mean the kiss before the betrayal was part of the story in the Bible. Um, yeah, John the Baptist the way... kisses him on the mouth too. There's just a lot more openness about more mouth kissing, more mouth kissing back in Jesus's time. <laughs> you know? um, this was before they understood about germs. Yeah, it was yeah before COVID. Yeah, COVID. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, I don't. I don't see them as lovers, mostly because I don't think. I, as much as I said on our uh, half cut. Uh, episode that I would love to have thought that Jesus, you know, got some action. I don't think his character in this film did, because it seems really clear that as, with, with Jesus's relationship to Mary Magdalene, um, he's he's had to say no to a sexual life. Um, 
And I don't think they're going for the message of Jesus said no to Mary Magdalene, but yes to Judas, which is maybe a story worth telling, but I don't think that's the one being told here. No. And it didn't seem like even if he did say yes to Judas, that he was like totally with Judas because he was clearly attracted to Mary Magdalene as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm with Carla here. I'm with Carla here. I think there was, uh, I think they were definitely alluding to something there. That was, yeah, that was a pretty powerful kiss there. Yeah. But can we talk about like the little sex den that Mary's working in? <laughs> oh, God. Everyone's just like hanging out there, waiting their turn. Well, yeah, like, when, when it first happened, I thought they were just watching. I was like, oh, it's like porn. Yeah. And then, yeah, I was like, oh, it's a show. <laughs> And then Jesus is the last one there, and that was, yeah, that was weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they had, like, at the beginning when he walks in and they kind of pan around the room, there's, like, somebody cooking up some random delicacy there. So yeah, someone's playing yeah. some kind of a, a chess game or something. Yeah, or like, that was the place to be. Yeah. Well, so, apparently. Like, why did everyone hate her so much? Um, well, because she was Jewish and laid with Romans on the Sabbath was what the stoning excuse was. Yeah, but... I mean, everybody Plays makes Romans mistakes. On this. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, the, that's the moral there, right? I mean, who um, hasn't slept with a Roman, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be that specific thing. It is the, still the, you know, um, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Or uh, I really like the way they did that yeah, in, uh, in this Peter. movie, though. That was, uh, like, it was... Br- okay, so growing up and hearing all these stories um, that everyone kind of made you know talks about and made the bible famous um they're always very like to the point and you just get the message and sure whatever but this i felt like watching this movie it actually put things in context in context for like a real life scenario like this is how it would happen and this is how it would play out in real life and they did a good job with it. I think Scorsese did like an amazing job of telling that side of the story and making it realistic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think like in that scene as as well as others, I think, like I kind of noted this in my mind when I was watching the the Sermon on the Mount bit. Um, but in those bits you can see Jesus kind of like throw himself into that moment and and realize that he's got to take action and then not immediately know Mm-hmm. what he's doing like there with, with the he's the, still fumbling through trying throat, to figure out yeah. what his purpose is yeah right? before he he catches on the whole idea like which one of you have sinned yeah um and then he gets on that one guy is like you know you want to do it come on take my rock mine's even bigger um just starts the really... fact that he like knew that buddy was like cheating with somebody right? <laughs> i wasn't sure if that was like he got that information from god or if that guy just was very bad at keeping secrets I just, my favorite bit of that scene though is when jesus is like i know you've been checking out that you've been visiting that widow what's her name and then there's the guy in the back and he's like wendy or whatever yeah. name was. <laughs> <laughs> just sells uh, him right out yeah but again, yeah, you're very, you're, you're right. Um, and I, I remember reading that the, the, the way they wrote the dialogue for this film was they didn't want to try to do anything that was um, like era specific. Uh, and they wrote it very much like um, um, the modern tongue, like we would talk right now. So mm. you'd, you'd feel like you're, you know, um, I think the screenwriter said to Scorsese once, like, unless you have everyone on screen speaking uh, ancient Aramaic, you're not going to ever get the quality of what it was like then. So let's instead focus on making it understandable and relatable. Mm-hmm. And when you see those scenes of, of Jesus 
telling those stories and teaching those things in the way that he does in the film, I think it connects to you because it's relatable to us. And in that way, we can kind of imagine us being in that moment and how it would have been relatable to the people experiencing it at the time. I do feel like there were times, though, that Jesus was super crazy. And oh, yeah. When I see people who act like that in today's time, I would not think that they are, you know, the next Messiah. I would just be like, you are, you need to take some meds because <laughs> you're a little bit off your rocker. Right. But I mean, which crazy are we talking about? It. We like when he comes back from 40 days in the desert, like, we're about the axe now. Well, there were a few times where he's talking about baptizing people with fire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and just, like, the way that he comes out and says it, and he's kind of got, like, a, a crazed look in his eye almost in one of them. And he's like, I'm here to baptize you, but not with water. I'm going to baptize you with fire. It was almost like a crazy threat or something. Yeah. Like, but I'm going to burn you. At that point, too, like, it is it is a little bit culty. Um, but he, he very much had followers by then at that point. So, mm. um, for like, in other cults, I mean, when your leader goes a little bit goofy in one direction... <laughs> You don't always, you don't bail right away. You're like, well, I don't know about this baptism with fire thing. <laughs> yeah, let's just but, see somebody uh, else go through it first. You know. <laughs> but I mean, there's, there's elements of that too. I can't remember exactly what it was. Well, but with Judas, I think Judas went to Jesus. And was like, first, first it's about love. Then it's about the mm-hmm. axe. And now you say you got to die. What, what's going on? <laughs> um, I think that was a scene too where Jesus uh, Maybe it was that one where he basically says, like, I only get a little bit of information mm. at a time from God. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I don't know if it was that scene or one later on, but Judas is questioning him, like, what's going on here? Like, tell me the whole story, why we keep changing it. And Jesus is like, I only get a little bit out of a little bit of information at a time. Uh, but at that point, I think he had the full the full story. He I think that was when he was telling Judas to betray him. Yeah, that was after yeah. um, they'd gone back to the temple to tear it down and Jesus was waiting for God to tell them to do that. Uh, then he got the right. And then he starts. Yeah. Bleeding. Stigmata, yeah. The stigmata. Yeah. Thus telling him that, no, you're not going to die here. You have to die on the cross. And I thought that was interesting too, the way they framed that. And I don't know if this is sort of part of the, um, part of the biblical story, but it almost seemed like the whole point of, of going to the temple, pissing everybody at the temple off by, by pissing off the moneylenders and then coming back again to quote-unquote tear it down was about becoming an enemy of Rome because becoming an enemy of Rome is what he needed to do in order to be crucified. It's almost like that was part of the long game Mm. of crucifixion. (laughs) Crucifixion. Do you know what I mean? I like crucifixion better. Okay, cool. That's fair. (laughs) Um, the one thing, okay, so it didn't really hit me until, and I don't know why, I'm 34 years old, I should have thought of this sooner, but, like, Jesus goes in there, and even in the real story of the Bible or whatever, he he gets upset at these moneylenders who are collecting money at the church, yeah. and he's like, this isn't, you know, this is a place for worship, not money kind of thing, and yet, in today's religion, it's all about collecting money, yeah, so it's like, a, if this is, like, the big story, 
And like, this is one of the things they teach you. It's like, no, the, you know, church is a house of worship and not all about money. But then but all also the give us money, money, <laughs> yeah. give us some money. Is, we need your money. <laughs> I, I would argue the difference is I don't think Jesus concern was that the church was making money. It's that the moneylenders were turning a profit by exchanging Roman money for shekels, which is what the church took. And so these guys were essentially profiting out of people's need to pray and to commune with God. Oh, okay. So I can't set up shop just outside of a church, but inside is okay. Uh, <laughs> like I think what, to yeah, give money I think to what the Carl's trying to say is like those those big time um, priests with the. <laughs> like, evangelical yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I, mean, I agree that those yeah. are mansions and nasty shit. people but i don't think that's the message jesus was going for oh, okay in that scene i don't know it just made me think of that how like churches are all about collecting money yet in the story jesus is not happy with them collecting money there but, but, but i mean but right. i mean it's also like like if a church doesn't yeah. collect money how are they going to do the things that they do like with their youth groups their community building keeping Same the lights on right like they Still do have to take they do have to take pastors. some money yeah totally yeah i mean not that i'm not that i'm a huge fan of of churches and religions um todd we've we've talked at length about this <laughs> at times yeah um, i mean i think churches but, should be taxed yeah i agree yeah i think yeah i think so too tax the motherfuckers i really liked willem dafoe in yeah he did an awesome job uh, but also every time, especially when he was like front lit, um, especially near the end of the movie with his like long uh, blow dried hair, <laughs> yeah, ringlets, yeah. he's like the epitome of the blonde haired, yep. blue eyed Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and it made me wonder because there are there are definitely you know there there are people of color. Um, in, in uh, who were extras who were in the background who were who were there, mm-hmm. and I wonder whether like this was obvious in the intentional choice to cast that person, and I wonder what the intention was though. Was it to say like I'm I'm telling a story that's meant for this North American audience that is going to recognize this version of the character, and because this is a story that is less interested in what is historically factual and more interested in this character's spiritual struggle. Right. Maybe it doesn't matter. Or did Scorsese just grow up with paintings of blonde haired, blue eyed Jesus in his house? Um, I don't know what, what the reason was, but man, there were so many scenes in there. that was like, wow, that's the, that's the prototypical. Yeah. That's a white ass Jesus. There's a lot of, yeah. yeah. And there was a lot of whiteness in that movie. Yeah, there was. <laughs> For a Middle Eastern story. Yeah. Um, and I didn't mind uh, Harvey Keitel as Judas. I know he got a Worst Actor nominee the year that came out. But um, I read uh, an interesting thing from Scorsese as well, talking about how he was looking at the um, Jesus' inner circle as being like, these were all fishermen. So these are all kind of like blue-collar dudes who like worked with their hands. So... These are all sort of like burly mm. Bronx, Brooklyn type New York people. And he actually cast them intentionally that way. And how, um, 
you know, anyone who is evil has a British accent, um, which is how you, you know, Jesus should have known that little girl that comes to him when he's on the cross. That's right. I was yelling at my TV. I was did like, Jesus. Yeah. Did you guys like get that or like figure that out when she first took him off and starts taking him over? Did you think that or? No, I thought it was, me? I thought it was like, yeah, yeah, man. Jesus. You thought it was legit. Like God was saving yeah, I mean, I, I've seen get it before. Some. Um, but the first time I saw it, I did not know what was going on there. Okay. You um, see, I was, and I, like, like, I, just the way, the lines she was saying and, you know, what, what she was doing and taking Jesus away from, like, his, what he had been told by God as what his future was, I instantly thought, like, man, this, something's wrong with this. This girl, I don't think she is who she's saying she is. And then as it kept going, like, further into his life in the future, I'm like, man, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I didn't call this one. And then, bam, I was right. <laughs> Some of the things she said are a little... I think my favorite of her lines was like, there's only one woman. Oh, yeah. They all yeah. just wear different faces. She was totally, like, pimping Jesus. Right? Like, go sleep with whoever you want. Yeah, yeah go, love, go sleep, go sleep with your wife's like, best friend. In an open relationship with <laughs> yeah. two women and, like, seven kids or something. Yeah. That was awesome. Um... Cause yeah, that, I mean, I, you know I, what? I but if, if that's if that's like if that's Lucifer, I don't know. I'm kind of rooting for <laughs> yeah, that team. Wrong? I don't get bit. it, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> I forgot about that bit because it's been a long time since I saw this movie, and I, I just remembered him marrying Mary Magdalene, and I thought that that's who he had the family with. Um, and then no, she croaks off right away, and then. He's off. Well, okay, but the weird the thing sex was, was so good, she just died. Everyone's named Mary. Yeah, well, because, yeah, <laughs> she's pregnant, right? And then she dies, and then the little uh, angel devil girl is like, yeah, <laughs> go hang out with... Was I thought it was her sister. Yeah, because she's like, same last name. And it's like, go go with the sister, because she's got no, it's not kid it, now. It wasn't Mary Magdalene's mm-hmm. sister, if that's what you mean. I thought it was. I thought no, it was, that, was those are the ones, same last those name. Those are the women that he met after his 40 days in the desert. Yeah. Oh, okay. When they well, were like, anyways, when they were like, when they like saw the him and they were like, oh no, you should stay. And he's like, I really have to go. Yeah, the mm. one, the one woman who I'm pretty sure was also named Mary was like, are you married? Huh? 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 <laughs> you maybe make kids and stop hanging out in the desert, huh? which is why he went back to her. Um, but the kid again, when, um, when, when Mary Magdalene dies and Jesus comes back and the kid is talking to him and saying things like, yeah, I was here the whole time that God was killing her. Yeah, like, that was a weird line. really kind of make this uncomfortable for the grieving guy, right? And then when they, that one part where they were before she died, where they were making love, and then the little girl oh, was sitting like right sitting there. Yeah. there. That was just the weirdest, was most weird. uncomfortable scene. You see, yeah. even before they showed that, like, so they, they, they show the cabin, and they show the girl sitting outside, and then they cut inside to, like, Jesus getting all the blood washed off of him, and they start, like, making out and hoochie-coochie. And I'm just, I'm sitting there thinking, is that kid still outside? Like, how, how good are those walls? Yeah. And then the camera pulls back and she's, she's, she's inside, inside the house now. It's like, oh, wow, that's even weirder. <laughs> okay, guardian angel, if that's how you roll, I guess. But I, I feel like some of those moments were maybe meant to tease along the way that this was not exactly what she was portraying herself to be. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't get it until... The very end, like even even when, even when Judas was like, "You fucked up. You didn't do what you said you was gonna do." That's yeah. my best Bronx accent, but <laughs> that's your best Harvey Keitel. Eh? <laughs> but 
But even up to that point, I didn't. I was like, "Hey, man, lay off Jesus." He just he he had a good life. Like he thought he was doing what God wanted. Yeah. And then and then it, like all of a sudden he's back on the cross, and I was like, "Whoa, what the fuck?" Yeah, that's 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 when it. I didn't get it until it was like basically spelled out for me. So yeah, <laughs> I do love that bit when when Judas comes back and they're like he doesn't talk anymore. He's so pissed off at you. Um. And then his, he's pretty much just like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> You're supposed to be dead. I betrayed you. I did my job. Which, in fact, um, when uh, when Jesus and Judas were having that conversation about him uh, betraying him, and Judas asked Jesus, um, would you be able to betray me? And Jesus said, no, I wouldn't. That's why God gave you the harder job. Right. So even that end moment, Judas has got to be standing there thinking, I did the fucking harder job. <laughs> you still fucked up, you piece yeah. of shit. <laughs> um, yeah, but in a way, I mean, Jesus kind of got the best of both worlds. He got to live his whole life, uh, have seven kids and uh, with two wives, uh, and then still save humanity at the end. Yeah. Right? And I think there was a line that the angel devil child said... <laughs> When she was taking him down from the cross, something about like you can live out your life in a dream or something. And so that like I'm pretty sure she said something about like living your life in a dream. And that I think it was something about like you can you can let him die in a dream, but then let him live his life. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. I just heard dream. And so I was thinking like, oh, okay, maybe when they went back, it's like oh, God was nice enough to let him live his life and sleep with a bunch of women and yeah. have a family, but then he's going to, you know, die. But maybe I just made that up. But I, I do think that part of the um, the guardian angel slash Satan character's agenda was to try to make Jesus, pull him away from God in general, like um, with that whole, yeah, I was here the whole time that, God was killing, killing her. Right. And, uh, you know, just driving that wedge between him and Jesus. I think when he goes to listen to Paul, formerly Saul preaching, she's like, what are you doing? Yeah. She's trying to keep him away. You want to go over there? Oh, okay. Um, That makes sense. I I think she wanted to make sure that he felt like he had a, a good life as a, as a human. So he wouldn't be tempted back on the cross. Yeah. Well, and there was a line that she does say, she's like, do you have any complaints, like, about the way she's been doing things, as if she wants, like, Jesus to fill out a survey? Like, how am I doing? <laughs> it was just weird, the way that she said the line. It's like, uh, it was like, I've, you know, done a bunch of stuff for you. Do you have any complaints? On a scale I think of it was, one to ten. <laughs> yeah. I think it was more like, it was one, more like when your girlfriend's like, like, what, are you not happy with me? Yeah. <laughs> um... But yeah, that that bit, the you know coming down from the cross and and having his little fantasy life, and especially uh, betting Mary Magdalene specifically and two other uh, chicks over the course of his life, that was that was one of the bits uh, that really pissed the churches off. Um, it, it, to even imply that Christ might have participated in fornication, um, not just to imply, but to actually you know see it on a on a great big screen while you're munching popcorn. Yeah. Um, just they did they did not handle that well. Even though it's a fantasy, even though it never happened. Um, but in their, I guess, in their sort of take of of his life, he would have never even been 
tempted. He would have never even been. Yeah, he wouldn't. He was like the perfect human being. Yeah. So, yeah, he wouldn't have even considered that. But that's and such... I think that's the one thing about the story of Jesus um, growing up and learning all the Bible stuff is like he was basically just sent to earth to play this part. Like they they don't he was alive even if he is a real person like if we just believe it for the fact that this guy was a real person and he did some stuff on earth and then died um they don't account for like just his daily life of doing random daily things and i think mm-hmm. that's just something i don't know everybody poops. why yeah but like yeah. the church just doesn't want anyone to believe that at all and so i liked the fact that this movie made him a believable human person Right, that did a bunch of random shit. Had feelings, right? Had doubts. Slept with women. Had yeah. Doubts, yeah. And um, so, I, like, I don't know why the church always fights that, like, trying to humanize Jesus. I feel like, if anything, the church should be wanting <laughs> to be more humanized because I don't know. Right now, they're losing numbers. See, and I would say my guess, and this is just coming from a completely hypothetical hypothetical place. But my, my guess is that the more human Jesus becomes, the less you need him. If you humanize him too much, then you put him on par with everybody else. And it's just like you no longer have to have him as your direct conduit to heaven, right? But even like he, yes, he's he's a conduit to heaven, but he's technically not the one that a lot of religions worship like i think it's mostly catholicism that are all about like worshiping everyone and their dog but like Mm. christianity is all about like just god god is the only one we pray to well there's a lot of the evangelical community though that you you have to um accept jesus as your personal savior to get into heaven he's the the pinnacle he's the central point yeah like even if you believe in god if you don't accept christ as your personal savior um, yeah, then you're still going to go to hell. Yeah. Yeah, so I think we've covered most of what we need to talk about for the movie. Um, do you guys like it? I know, I asked you, Carlo, when you got here, and you were like, eh. Um, so there were points where, like, I okay, I liked the story, and I liked how, you know, it was told, and the differences from the actual, like, Bible Versus, you know, of Jesus being this superhuman figure that saves everyone to him being a real person that, you know, performs all these illusions and shit. I liked it how they made it real. I some parts of it were just super cheesy, though. Uh, like, the, I don't know, there was like when they're eating um, at the Last Supper and then Judas just like looks over to jesus and there's like a head nod and then he just kind of gets up and walks away <laughs> right. i don't know it was just like there was like certain parts in the movie where there was i don't know if it was just really bad acting or the way it was written it did not seem realistic right and that just i don't know there were parts like that that got to me that i i don't know made put it down a peg in in my ranking I, I do want to say quickly, speaking of the Last Supper, the, the moment when uh, Jesus picks up the bread and says, you know, this is my body, you know, eat it and pass it on. And he gives it to the guy to his left. And the guy like breaks off a chunk that's like a quarter of the bread. I just watched that. And I was like, dude, like, settle down. There's not going to be enough <laughs> to go so around. There's so many other people that. that have to go through. And everybody else is like 
<laughs> little tiny, yeah, because they realized, but he took all of it. And it's all it's all done in like one take, so they probably only had like with their budget, they only had one piece of pants. <laughs> yeah. so Scorsese is rolling his eyes behind the camera, going, "Fuck, what do we do? Fuck that guy." Yeah. Uh, what about you, Warren? I liked it. I did not expect to like it, um, yeah. but I liked it a lot. I liked the imagery. Um, I clearly, I did not watch this with thinking it was any kind of historical thing. Um, yeah. I have no real connection with the Bible, so I didn't watch it through that lens. Um, as a story, I thought it was a good story. I thought it was like some of the, the, the locations were very beautiful. Um, I don't know. I, I like the imagery. I, I liked the flow. Um, it was interesting. I did not expect to like it. I, I was just thinking, yeah, let's just get this over with. I'll watch this. We'll talk <laughs> about it. Some religious shit. I'll just say, I don't like religion. Um, but no, it was it was a well thought out movie, I thought. I mean, there clearly, like Carlos said, there was pieces that were, you know, a little off. Yeah. Um, but overall, um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I would give I it say for I would give it Sorry. four Judases out of five. Wow. <laughs> uh, I gotta say though, for almost a three hour movie, I think it's two hours and forty four minutes, minutes yeah. or whatever, I did not once think to myself like fuck is this movie over yet <laughs> like it, it did keep me engaged and i did enjoy watching it overall yeah and for me it's the same thing and and i think like again it's been i was probably 20 something when i last saw it mm-hmm. um so it's been a long time since i've seen it and i didn't remember it being two hours and, and 40 minutes so like when i queued it up and i saw that I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, shit, oh boy yeah. And this is coming off the back of, like, I watched the four-hour uh, Zack Snyder. <laughs> right, right. So it's like, oh, man, there's less slow motion in this. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really drag very much. Um, I, I, I like the look of it. I like it. It was clearly um, it was shot in Morocco, which I don't think is, you know, quite the exact location, but, um, you know, matches a lot of the look of the, the, the area. I think Peter Gabriel's soundtrack is fantastic. Um I would probably put it in in my top five Scorsese's. That intro song, um, I've added it to my yeah, running list because it's yeah, it was a good song. Uh, any final thoughts before we? Um, call it a day? I I enjoyed the movie overall. Uh, I think people should uh, give it a chance, check it out, whether you're religious or not. It's entertainment. Yeah, I think the thing to remember going into this is it's not meant to be, you know, an accurate portrayal of the life of Christ. It's about uh, this this character in this story and their their spiritual struggles to be, you know, between temptation to do bad and struggling to do what's right. And I think, you know, even for myself, I'm not a I'm not a Christian. I'm not a spiritual person anymore. Um, but even so, I can relate to that because I mean, e- even without having any spirituality or any sort of religious faith, we still struggle with, you know, I'm tempted to do something which I don't think is in the best interest of mankind, but uh, would maybe be great for me for five mm-hmm. minutes or whatever, and and not doing that and doing the right thing. So, you know, um, seeing someone else struggle with that in a bigger picture sense um, was enlightening. All right. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, this is part one of our 
Easter Palooza. <laughs> Easter Palooza. Um, <laughs> Jesus Palooza. Jesus Palooza. <laughs> Wacky inflatable uh, arm flailing Jesus. If you're lucky enough to be listening to this on Good Friday, uh, you should also be able to find the Good Friday Easter edition of Half Cut Conspiracies when we dig into some tasty uh Jesus conspiracies, which was the it, uh, I, I I thought we were doing this movie on that episode as well. So yeah, I know. Which is why you <laughs> delivered the uh, the Mel Gibson joke on that podcast to a better, uh, better, better response. Um, yeah, that should be available right now. We talk about uh, whether Jesus had kids with Mary, as we witnessed in this movie. So clearly, it didn't yeah. happen. Um, I thought it was the other Mary, but whatever. We learned something new. We well, had a kid with Mary. It just didn't survive. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Wait, wait. What was Jesus's mother's name? Mary. Yeah. So here. Okay. So I actually had a, I had a moment at the end of this it's movie. It's an Oedipus thing. I had a moment at the end of this movie where I thought that when the, when the girl took him off the cross and she took him to see Mary Magdalene and they got married, he did the nasty and then she died and he was all like, fuck you, God, I'm going to kill the earth with his axe. Ah, I'm so mad. <laughs> <laughs> and then well to be fair what else do you do when you're mad at god you yeah. can't act god <laughs> i mean he kind of threw the axe at the sky maybe i don't know um yeah is, is god the earth or is god the sky? i don't know um but uh when she died and then he went and saw the other mary i thought i kind of had this like fucked up idea i was like oh my god okay so he went back in time now because because he he had sex Wait. with Mary Magdalene, and then she got pregnant, and then the pregnancy was passed on to this other Mary, and I was like, oh my god. Jesus is, fucking what was what was Jesus's father's name? Joseph or? Yeah yeah yeah. I was like, oh my god, Jesus is Joseph. He's the same so you're person. You're saying that Jesus was his own divine father. No, I was saying that Jesus was, his own stepfather. Well, I mean, oh. yeah. That... But see, I was going to go a step further and say because Jesus is the son of God mm-hmm. and thus is divine himself, he could potentially be his own divine creator. So it's that that time travel yeah. loop of you are your own father. <laughs> that's that's what I thought was happening. I was like, oh, man, yeah. this is fucking crazy. I, okay. I was, no, that's a movie I want to make. <laughs> but it didn't turn out that way. But like when, when that Jesus first happened, I was like, father. oh, man, like that's that's going to piss some people off. But... Yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah, it probably would have if any of them read it that way. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if anyone... Maybe it was all a big misunderstanding. Maybe everyone was pissed <laughs> off because that... Crucifix time machine movie. Yeah. Right? Well, no, <laughs> well, no, because then when Jesus comes in, he's super old, then I was like, okay, I'm totally wrong on that theory. But, I mean, what a fucked up theory that would be, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, it would be. It is, as you... Yeah. They didn't have the budget for that one, so they had to go this other way. <laughs> they couldn't They couldn't get a believable time machine. They couldn't figure out how to get a DeLorean back in that time. <laughs> Um, yeah, so if you're listening to this before Easter Sunday, um, a reminder that Easter Sunday we're going live at 2 p.m. to talk about our other Jesus-centric movie with a slightly lighter tone this time. It's Monty Python in the Life of Brian. Uh, Carlos here will be back to give us our official uh, Catholic Church representation. Um, uh, see. Sorry, I just laughed, hicked up, and burped all at the same time. Oh, man, that's going to hurt. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, um, you can find us on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash when bad things... No. 
Facebook.com slash Band Things Happen. You can email us uh, at Gmail. Uh, band Things Happen at Gmail.com. Are you giggling over there? No, I got the hiccups. Okay. I'll just, I'll cut your audio off. Doing this. <laughs> okay. Um, what did I do already? Facebook, email. Um, we're on Patreon. You can support us at Patreon. And we'll have new stuff there if... I ever get Warren, to producing uh, it. It gets it mastered. It's all ready to, to roll, but we're just waiting on some mastering. Uh, Patreon.com slash blah, blah, blah media. You can also send us a one-time donation at buymeacoffee.com. Buy me a coffee, please. Blah, I want blah, a coffee. Blah. I'm thirsty. Man needs a coffee if he's going to get any mastering done. Come on. <laughs> um, and uh, we have a website at blah, blah, media.com and a merch store at, I think you remember it better than I do, uh, shop.spreadshirt.com slash blah hyphen blah hyphen blah hyphen media hyphen media yeah and that's it all of it uh i think we're done thank you guys for uh checking out this film with me uh until next time i've been todd sullivan he's been car uh not carlos he's been carlos nobody knows where your point is are you like pointing at your computer when you're talking to me like did you like point at your computer like he's carlos i did gesture at my computer yes i did you are the computer you are the voice inside of my machine. You will be um, assimilated. I'm Sullivan. Huh? You will be assimilated. Resistance <laughs> is futile. I'm Todd Sullivan. That's Orrin Border. And that's Carlos Sia. That's Carlos Sia. <laughs> this has been Half Back Conspiracies. No, this it has hasn't. Been. When bad things happen to good people, until next time, go read a fucking book. <laughs>